Another great sponsor of ours is TH Marine. They build some of the best stuff in bass fishing. Anybody that has a bass boat has a TH Marine product on there, whether you know it or not, from the Atlas Jack Plate to the Kong sonar mounts to you name it, the, the G-Juice that we use in our live wells, the culling systems, TH Marine is awesome. We're going to feature a new product. I don't know which one we're featuring tonight, but we're going to feature one of their products uh, here tonight. And Tackle Warehouse, if you bass fish, you use Tackle Warehouse. They are the best. They're going to get the stuff to you. They get it to you when they say they're going to get it to you. They let you know whether you have that product in stock or not. And Brian's pointing at the screen for me for some reason. I don't know what's going on back there, but maybe you can let me in on it. But And one of the best sponsors in the history of all the sponsors is the Bass University. And the Bass University right now, we still got try us for 10 days for free. you got to come over and check it out. Uh, we're going to make you a better angler. Our, our goal is to help everybody move their bass fishing up to the next level. And you can check all that out at thebassuniversity.com, or you can go right and subscribe to us at bassu.tv. Use the code TRYBU, get 10 days free. And subscribers, check this out. We're going to have a monster discount on Flambeau Tackle Boxes. I think it's something like 25% off or even 30% off Flambeau Tackle Boxes. It's going to be a two-week promotion only for our subscribers. For that alone, it's worth you to go over and subscribe to Bass TV. And we've got a lot of other great stuff, including Rapala VIP stuff uh, that you have available as a subscriber at Bass University. Yeah! Yeah! Real Snot. We love Real Snot. It's an amazing line treatment with a funny name. <laughs> but my, my son loves the name. It, it, it's a conditioner. It's going to help you cast further. It's going to manage that fluorocarbon better for you. Give that a try. It's going to, you know, the last thing we like to deal with out there is is like uh, professional overrides, backlashes. For those of you that get them, I never do. But Real Snot will really help you in that situation. Uh, it's great, great product. Vision Wheels, they really, really make mics, truck, and boat look awesome. And maybe they'll give me some wheels to put on my truck and boat soon. But um, <laughs> Vision Wheels are awesome product. You've got to go check it out. Um, you know, with, uh, with our high-end boats and trucks that we're, we're towing around the country, you got to look sharp. Vision Wheels helps us do that. And Line Cutters, what a convenient little deal. You can, you can wear it like a ring. It cuts your line. It cuts braid. It cuts fluorocarbon. It, it, again, it makes your fishing job a lot easier. Uh, so check it out, line cutters. And we appreciate all you guys being with us here at, at the Ike Live Show. I almost called this Bash University Live, but that's coming up in a couple weeks, I guess. But uh, we got a lot of great, interesting stuff, um, pretty controversial stuff. I'm coming <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pull guy we're gonna hear an an interview from a guy elk hunting or maybe an elk himself i'm not sure is going to be calling into the show a lot of a lot of really cool stuff we're going to be right back with all that great stuff here on ike live welcome back guys folks at home ike live show um man we got a great show tonight we've got uh man we've we've got a, a friend of the show very very special in-house guest, a uh, I called you a visionary. No, earlier. that's Dave. <laughs> Dave is too. <laughs> Dave, Dave has a different kind of vision, but uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's Dave. I don't know if we're going to be seeing the uh, the the what are you, what are you? What's the mask you wear? It's, I'm drawing a blank right now. Right here. I was going to put it on. I'm probably not allowed <laughs> to put it on though. Right here. 
Just put just put a tic tac. The stormtrooper. I don't know if we're going to get a visit from the stormtrooper tonight, but he's definitely <laughs> definitely a visionary. And Jeffrey started BTL. He he was an innovator with live uh, coverage of bass fishing, um, with Bass Talk Live. And I just did your show the other week. That's but, right, man. It's, it's awesome. To you have took you here. time out while you were yeah. practicing at the open. We had mm-hmm. a very very good conversation. I'm sure we're going to carry over more mm-hmm. on what we talked about. But I'll give it up to you, Pete, because that show. One of the most listened and watched shows that we had simply because it was obviously the topic mm-hmm. of discussion at that time. Mm-hmm. A lot of controversy. I don't know about controversy, but uh, you're going to hear me make this statement on this show numerous times tonight. Is it a playground or a proving ground? And we will get into that. That's we're talking, referring to the Bass Opens. But uh, it was a great show. Great yeah. show, though, man. It was a good show. The yeah. Skype thing worked very well. And, uh, dude, I'm freaking tired. <laughs> I am tired. We were supposed to have this thing last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian the Carpenter picked me up at the airport, came immediately here after we stopped and had some pig, which was very, very good. Courtesy of Barrington Rod and Reels. Guys, I was thoroughly you. impressed with that gig. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything like that. Uh, yep. We'll talk a little bit about that yep. later. But thoroughly impressed with this club that you guys have. And from what I understand, there's a lot more. Uh, club activity in this area than there is I know for a fact in Oklahoma and some of the other states in the Midwest but very cool got here I think I was in the studio at six o'clock maybe six fifteen something Up, like that updating everything that's right I did not go to bed I fell asleep at the couch at 3 a.m woke <laughs> up at 5 a.m came back in here did everything that I could I talked to Hakmed Abdul everybody <laughs> I could talk to in a third world country, nobody could help me. And finally, this morning, I was able to talk to somebody uh, from the hardware and software company. And we got it dialed in, and hopefully awesome. everybody's liking it now. Now we've got that separation with what we have going on or what you guys have going on over on Facebook and then what we have going on the actual website, Ike Live. So, hey, it's your show, dude. I'm just here to talk, all hey, right? I, and, and we know you can do that. And uh, But a lot of people didn't know that. I mean, you heard him talk about it just now. Yeah. Uh, he's he's Bass Talk Live, BassZone.com. That's Mark Jeffries. But a lot of you may not have known that he is the executive producer here on the Ike Live show. Yeah. And Bass U Live as well. Uh, and he's the man behind the scenes, gets all the computers, computer work done. All the stuff that makes us look awesome, uh, that's Mark doing it, and he, we just updated everything. Yeah. So um, more stuff coming too, yeah. more cool things. A lot, a lot of great stuff, and we got Dave Brosnick in the room. How are you, buddy? All right, man. Good to go, bro. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Yeah, As always. I know. I, I thought guess. we might see you at the Barrington Rod and Reel deal. Nah, what was that? What that was Saturday. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Nah, what I have to say Saturday. I went to the gym. I took my kid to the Ninja Warriors stuff he's doing now. What's the a, what? Ninja Warriors. He, yeah, he does like he, he belongs to like it's, it's called parkour. It's a French word for running yeah. around and mm-hmm. jumping off of walls. Really? And, mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's, and it has there's obstacles, ropes, uh, things they climb across. It's Have you ever real watched popular. The show Ninja Warrior? Yeah. He goes to probably like the coolest one around here. It's called Movement Laboratory, and uh, you get to see like the the guys that actually compete. Like they had a guy from their place make it to the finals. Mm-hmm. A guy named Naji Richardson, former gymnast, and he's one of the coaches there. Cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. like his TV makes everyone look giant. 
So when I saw this guy on TV, he looks like this giant, huge, ripped Jack guy. <laughs> he's about five foot five. He's Jack, but he's only, yeah. he's only like he's little, man. Like TV makes you look massive. Yeah. Mark, Mark would look like the mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> All six foot four, me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, that park, it, it's hot. That's that's the latest and greatest. That's what all the kids are doing. He's eating up by it. Yeah. So that's what I was doing Gotta Saturday. Got to get Jake yeah. looking into that. That's like a three-hour class. So Nice. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, glad to have you here with us tonight. And in the back, we got BTC, who was at Barrington, riding rails with us. Of course and, uh, he was. I was there. Good yep. to see you, buddy. We're up and running, looking are you, good. Are you settled in there, Brian? I you're think feeling so. good? I think so, man. It looks like your, your dream... Came to fruition here, bro. Do you have a, Do you have a lot of new buttons to push and I, I dials got, to turn? What do you got going on back twice there? Twice as many. <laughs> He's got double the work, Pete. I've got double the work. So it's a little bit different stream on Facebook than on the website. I encourage people on Facebook to go to the website. Quit being lazy. Oh, and, uh, calling them out. Get over yeah. to the website. Yeah. iCloud.com. Yeah, iCloud.com. And Eric, the intern, handling the IM board. How are you, man? Doing good, Pete. Doing good? Yeah. I'm going to be real active on the IM board, both on Facebook and the website, so make sure you send in your questions, comments, whatever you want. More active on the website than Facebook. <laughs> I mean, the, the North Koreans could have used our, our IM board to, to give secret messages to each Ooh. other because nobody was reading it for the last like, seven shows. <laughs> wow. Ow. You going to take that, Eric? Eric, you going to take that? He's just back there smiling, Dave. Man. What's up no, well, that, man? The, the bad guys are doing that. They, they live in the virtual world where they're communicating through video games. Like, their yeah. characters are meeting up, and they actually will talk to each other. And really? It's a very hard time listening in on them. But I imagine they're probably using our IM board because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that thing hasn't been glanced at since I sat back there like a year ago. <laughs> it's nice to see you, Dave. It's nice to see you. Wow. Eric does a fine job back there. And uh, keep those questions coming through, Eric. You just give me a signal when you got somebody coming through, and I'll pass them on. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. listen, don't listen to this man. Uh, I never do. <laughs> All right. And then uh, we have Mike coming up, though, right? Yeah, we got Mike coming in. Mike's uh, in D.C. Um, I don't know. Apparently working with the NFL and Trump to <laughs> settle the protest situation. I have no idea what he's doing down there. Yes, he is. But uh, we're going to get uh, – It gonna is. Get... He, he clued me in a little bit. on. It's very cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool stuff, yeah. yeah. Okay. Getting a little taste of D.C. and the whole lobbying and trying to make things better. So he's big time in it, man. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. very, very cool. They're going to outlaw dark. the consumption of bass. Say it again? No. All the consumption of bass. No. There's a lot of initiatives <laughs> in, in in the the lobbying groups about uh, safe boating and keep boating and recreation and all that and everything. And Mike's getting involved with that with uh, Yamaha. Yamaha's. Yeah. Okay. There's actually a really big piece of legislation they're moving forward, too. Yeah. Uh, they're going to expand hate crime legislation, hate crime uh, laws to if you use rusty hooks. You want to get charged with a hate crime. Is that true? <laughs> what the? <laughs> Dave, man, you got to bring your A game, dude. That was that was A ball at best. At best. A ball. What's A ball? A ball. A ball. Like, like, not that major mean? leagues. That like, was A ball. Yeah, man. I, I don't know what that even means. Single, single shot of your shot. Yeah, you know. That's, that's pretty bad when I embarrass the dude and he doesn't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. I got I to gotta get Jeez. brushed up on my Midwest insults. Hang on, dude. I don't exactly know. We would just say you blow. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. East Coast stuff. All right. <laughs> I got your A ball yeah, right here. We would just say that, that right? blow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well. All right, so we'll get to Mike. He's going to be on. We'll get to Mike. He's going to be on here shortly. And um, 
<laughs> and I want to I want to thank the police, the EMT, and military. There's a lot of emergencies going on out there. If anybody kneels during the show, they're going to be fired. Um, but <laughs> right, do you have a put a, <laughs> during, Eric? During, you okay? During this right? occasion, great. All right, how are you, Mark? Uh, all right. <laughs> but uh, we want to thank you guys for all that you do. I know there's so much. The National Guard has been pulled in everywhere in Texas and Florida, down in Puerto Rico. Um, and I want to give a shout-out to Jose Rivera. He was on last uh, month's show. And um, what's he got? The Fish and Tackle Flea Market website. Fish and Flea Market. Fish and Flea Market. And he's got a lot of family down in Puerto Rico. Uh, I know they're wiped out down there. I hope his family's doing well. Yeah, Jose's got – he's a retired corrections officer, mm-hmm. um, but he's got a side gig at an air, at a, with an airline, and I apologize, I don't remember which airline, but they are allowing him as an employee to send directly to Puerto Rico products. So he's shipping down generators and food. Excellent. And I oh. he was reaching out to O'Meals to get yeah. some product to send down we, there. We are, too, at UPS, if, uh, okay. UPS uh, in uh, Pensacola at the UPS freight terminal. We're uh, – Anything you drop off, we'll box up, and we're shipping over there on our planes. Yeah, that's right. You're UPS cool. now. Cool. Yeah. Are you really? Here. Yeah. Which side? The freight side? Freight. Oh, yeah, okay. the, ba- the bastard child side. The old overnight <laughs> Yeah, side? exactly. Yeah. The side that they don't want to acknowledge. The side <laughs> they only got because FedEx went and got a freight division. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, hey, and hey, we're treated as such. <laughs> Brian, turn yourself up just a little bit. You're a little low, dude. All right. Got you. All right. Well, thoughts and prayers out to everybody that's struggling with earthquake in Mexico, uh, the hurricanes and all that stuff. And uh, our thoughts and prayers from from the Ike Live show are, are coming your way. And 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 some more for a friend of the show, Steve Donis, who does a lot of the artwork for us um, that you've all seen. And it's, it's awesome. Uh, his daughter, Maya, is uh, is in for uh, another round of surgery. And uh, we want to send our thoughts and prayers to their family and hope that she gets well soon yes but um we got a quick rundown of tonight's show which we already did and we're gonna have uh we're gonna have ike on here pretty soon but, yeah give me five minutes i'll get him up well I, I but mark i you know i've known you a long time yes sir and and honestly i, I don't i don't know your story like <laughs> how how did you wind up in in this crazy and the world whole fishing thing of, of the fishing thing in the no, media well, and he's a, he thing. loves cats. Um, oh, in California, he did a commercial as a child. Oh wait, he knows uh, all that. Uh, you were on a, on a on a game box. Were you the baloney kid? Yeah. No, I was on a Mattel. It was a, a Mattel toy box. I had to ride a merry-go-round for twelve straight hours as a child in Santa Monica. The old merry-go-round that was on Santa Monica Pier. Oh, my gosh. That was it. And you got to be on a a box. A box. It was some Mattel I found it. Remember when you were in studio? Yeah, Yeah, that was awesome, Brian. That was good work. So, uh, you know, I I went to school in California and uh, decided to go to college in Oklahoma, played baseball. One of the guys I played baseball with fished. And I had fished mainly ocean fishing. Uh, My dad got me into trout fishing a little bit. But not much. It was Rainbow? mainly, Rainbow? Huh? yeah. Rain- it was, yeah. It was mainly going out and going bonita and rock cod, and every every year we would go to Baja and take a trip to try and catch uh, rooster fish, rooster tail. Yeah. So I I knew about it. I liked it. It was fun. But this guy that I played baseball with, his uncle had a bunch of farm ponds. I'd never been to a farm pond before. Hell, I didn't even know what it was. Went to this farm pond, and, dude, we freaking just smashed him. And that's what got me into it. 
became more and more interested in what mm -hmm. was going on. And uh, about did you want to go on the tournament side of things? Did you? Go no, I didn't even know. Now, this is how I even knew or became yeah. exposed to bass fishing at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I graduated and did my gig at UPS and all that, there was a lot of guys at UPS that fished, and we started a little club. And I actually bought my first boat, which was illegal because it was a little 19-foot boat that had a 225 on it. <laughs> and I didn't know I was that raw, dude. The dude sold me a bit of goods. I bought that boat for $5,500. How fast did it go, dude? Oh, uh, it ripped. All right. And then it blew up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I drove it for like a year, had it for about a year, and then the motor blew up and it had to get rebuilt and all that and everything. But that was my first boat. Got into a club. Uh, we formed a club at UPS in the early years. And that's how I, I really got into it. Then, the whole tournament thing and the whole website thing was a result of the Sunday night jackpot at a little bitty lake that was right by Grand Lake. It's called Uchi, and it's pretty damn good, uh, and a lot of people don't know about it, but a lot of people in, in obviously northeast Oklahoma know about it. The heaviest stringer I've ever seen out of the state of Oklahoma came out of that lake on the Sunday night jackpot, 40 pounds. 40 pounds. Dang. It was unreal. guy by the name of uh, Bryant Shambo, his last name was Shambo, called him or, or caught him. And uh, I turned to my buddy and I said, you know, that would be really cool to let everybody know that, that, that this, dude, this dude just caught 40 pounds. Now, what year is this? Oh, geez. In the 90s. Okay. Early 90s. And that's when the Internet was just beginning. Everybody had AOL, you know, the whole yeah. dial-up modems, the 28.8 modem. That was the big thing. And uh, the dude's name was Pat Sheeler. Uh, my partner went back. Pat and I started talking about it. And, and boom, we just kind of put our heads together. And uh, I ran with it. And then that next time that we fished the Sunday night jackpot, I did a story on it. And I posted it on a website that I had created. Originally, the Bass Zone was fishok.com. That was the original Bassone. Okay. And then a year after that, I actually bought the domain Bassone.com. And then that's when it started and uh, covered the... That's the, 20 years. Yeah, wow. Keep the... You know, I I, I watched and, and kept track of the top 150s, the BP top mm -hmm. 150s back then, yep. and the, uh, the FLW stuff. And then when ESPN bought Bass and that whole thing went down and they decided to form the Elite Series... That's when I decided that the game truly needed a beat writer, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be truly the first beat writer to show up at the Elite Series and actually cover it just like a sports journalist would cover an NBA team, an NFL team, or whatever. So I showed up at Lake Amistad by myself with a laptop, two cameras, a recorder, and a cardboard box because that was the only way that I could see the laptop when I was on the water mm -hmm. doing coverage to protect the equipment to where I could see from the shade because they didn't make outdoor readable screens on computers back then. Right. right. So uh, it, it was a one-man wow. show. And then it just obviously things began to grow and grow and grow and uh, just started covering it. And then uh, the grasshopper is what we're calling him now. Matt <laughs> the Hanger grasshopper. Came on board. The Major Nature Boy. Boy. Uh, and we, we, we ditched the Nature Boy out of respect to Ric Flair because we thought Ric Flair was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he almost he was not the first Nature Boy, though. No. 
He was not. No, uh, Buddy. Buddy Landell. That's right. I have a good Buddy Landell story off air to tell. Really? You. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Matt came on board, and then it was eight years ago. A lot of people don't realize this, and Terry Brown of Wired to Fish actually did a story on this in a nationally syndicated uh, news feed, and it appeared in uh, the newspaper there in Illinois about how we truly were the first people to ever uh, live stream from the water and cover professional fishing live on the water. And that was uh, eight years ago. So yeah. all this discussion about all this live stuff, I mean, I knew where it was headed, and I knew what the potential was there. It was just the equipment and the technology and everything just wasn't there eight years ago. But, dude, it was duct tape and crazy glue back then. And, uh, you know, the rest is, is where you, we're at today. And that's, that was amazing because you were just ahead of the times. You, you were five years ahead of the times. A little bit. A little bit. You know, mm -hmm. I, and it was always the concept of try and do what other people aren't doing. Mm -hmm. And do you know who Kent Brown is? Sure. All right. Kent Brown on the West Coast has yeah, a, a. Yeah, we've worked with him. Yeah. At Bash He's got a, a real good Media. radio show. Mm -hmm. Very good radio show on the West Coast. Uh, we had him on BTL, and he made the comment Well, Jeffries, you know what R&D stands for, don't you? You know what it stands for? Research and development. No. No, rip off and duplicate. <laughs> and and think about how many things in the fishing industry itself oh my have been ripped off and and duplicated. And every and, soft plastic bait that yeah. is ever made. And and you know what? That's just the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of the beast. And uh, I'm very very lucky. You know, I've been very fortunate to uh, build the relationships with people like you and Mike and so many of the other guys out there. To where that first time that I showed up at Amistad, I, I've really kind of paid my dues. And I, yeah. I tell people that. I'm like, look, man, I've been in the game for a long time. And, and Matt and, and Dave Rush out of South Carolina, who's been with me now for six years, been with the Basso for six or seven years, uh, they are in the trenches. They are making things happen. And uh, couldn't have two better guys to cover the game. And, and they do it, and we've always done it in a respectful way because we understand the importance of how hard and how much of an economic commitment that these guys are making to be on the Elite Series. We don't get in their way. And we're, and, and if you don't want to talk to us, okay, I get it, but you better let us know when you do want to talk to us. Mm -hmm. We just work around your schedule. We don't want to get in your way. We don't want to do anything that you don't want to do. But by gosh, out of the obligation to your sponsors, I got to imagine yourself, very few you know? guys turn you guys yeah, away from very an interview. Few, very few, you know? and 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 we're, we we've been there so many times and mm -hmm. been there so long. We know when to go up to a guy. Yeah, you know, there's certain certain times All you right. just don't want to approach that All guy. Right. Well, Ike has a history of being in that place. Yeah, What's I wouldn't have walked up to him during the bracket. No, no, hell no, <laughs> no. Out of respect to him, because yeah. obviously being a very emotional person, everybody knows that. Yep. And I thought I, you might have had something figured out, like maybe a button no. you could dial him down with. Or, no, 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 no. I, there Get the are interview. Things, you know, just like when I saw him today. Yeah. You know, uh, Matt was telling me, "Hey, what are you going to say to Ike? Hey, I want you to make sure that you ask Ike this and all this stuff." The relationship that I've had with Mike has been for. 15, 20 years. I, mm. I'm not, I still did not walk up to him and go, dude, what the hell happened? You know, yeah. this 16 year run coming to an end. I don't want to pour salt on the wound. Yeah. So I was very respectful. And as we were eating dinner last night, we talked a little bit about it. But you have to know, and that's one of the benefits 
about being out there with those guys is how they react. Mm-hmm. Because if you respect the way that they want the media to interact with them, you're going to get the juice that you want. But if you don't respect what they're doing and the situations that they're going through, then it's going to be a huge issue. Who is the hardest guy out there to interview? Man, uh, over the years, probably... Here, let me do this. Let me say the easiest guy. All right. And some people may get shocked by this. Is Kevin. KVD. Easiest guy to interview. All right? Part of the reason... I, I, I'm not surprised at yeah, that. Part of the reason is... is He's done it so many times. Mm-hmm. There's really not a question that you can ask him that he can't give a response instantaneously. Yeah. And one of the things that I always challenge myself and I challenge Matt and Dave is when you're out there with them, ask, try and ask them questions that nobody else is going to ask. Don't ask the same thing. Don't stereotype it. Give the viewer and give the fan something else. Because you're going to get information from Kevin Van Dam if he's doing well on 30 different media outlets out there. That's right. All right, take a different view. a lot now. Kevin's probably the one. Uh, uh, Difficult-wise, when he's not catching them and you need to get something out of it, and I have all the respect in the world for him, he's a friend of mine, is Skeet. Oh, really? Nothing against Skeet, but... When, when when he is going through the that that bump in the road, mm-hmm. he becomes very challenging. He's not a jerk. I don't want people to think that he's a jerk or he's like, no, I'm not talking to you, Matt, or I'm not talking to you, Jeffrey. So that's it. not what it is. Yeah, he actually did that to us. <laughs> you know, he doesn't do that to us because we know we know how to react to him. Yep. And and one of the worst teach, mistakes. Teach, teach me the way, Mark. One of the worst <laughs> worst mistakes I've ever made was I went up to him. I was very green at the time. I went up to him at a very very bad time. And and so many times it doesn't matter what you do, you learn from experience, right, Dave? Yeah. Wrong time, what? wrong question, wrong result. <laughs> All right. And and he let me know. And I was kind of pissed off at the beginning, but then I went back to the hotel room. And I sat down and I thought, dude, that was, number one, it wasn't professional. Number two, it wasn't the right time. And number three, it was the wrong question to ask based upon the circumstances. So you learn from it. You learn from that experience. And I think the guys respect, they respect the media more yep. when you when you get dialed in and understand what they're going through. And that's key is knowing the right yeah. time. And here's the, the you remember the, the late uh, Tim Tucker? Yes. Um, he, on I think this was nine, 2000, and I had battled. I was right on the bubble for making the classic, and I had weighed my fish in. I knew I was going to be right there, and I got a PA announcement. I couldn't even be around the way, and I had to drive around for an hour. Yeah. I come back. The PA announces, Pete Gluza, can you please report to the Bass trailer? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm in. And I walk into the trailer, and there's Tim Tucker, and he looks right at me with his pen out, and he goes, Pete, what does it feel like to be the first guy out of the classic? Oh, jeez. Damn. Tim is like the godfather, though. For those people, for those younger people that that may not know who Tim Tucker is, he is the godfather. The the godfather of bad news. No. Yeah, the godfather of doom. He he, he was the godfather, man. He, He was, everybody tried to live up to the media expectations. 
of Tim Tucker. Yeah. Some guys hated him. Some guys liked him. Well, that 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 was the only interview in my career that I uh, that I opted out of. So I'm sure I had some dealings with Mr. Tucker. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Oh, that's and awesome. I happen to see uh, somebody on Skype right now. It looks like we've got Ike. I think he's live from D.C. Looking sharp. How's it going, man? Oh, of course, <laughs> Mike. You're muted, dude. Hold on, buddy. <laughs> we've got it. We've got it. <laughs> what was the over under? <laughs> ah, the over under. Jeffries, get back to get back there. Uh, we've got we've got a slight mute situation. You're gonna have to show us some gang signs, do a dance. Yeah. Uh, what, no. what can he was you do? flashing signs earlier. He had the yes and the no. That's the way they do stuff in Washington, right, Pete? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the way they're no, doing. There is no today. sign language going on in uh, in Washington. Oh well, I'm I'm anxious to see what he's doing down there. Well, you've gave it. You've opened us to a little bit. Yeah. Though, with the Yamaha, they're down there lobbying. Yeah. Now, have you ever watched? Uh, Netflix, uh, the documentary or the series House of Cards. Yeah. <laughs> Mike wrote a note on it. Did he really? <laughs> People, you can't see what I can. I mean, yeah, Brian put it up. It says Brian right. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing him out. So we do. Do we have him now, Brian? Oh, oh come on, man. <laughs> that could be on Mike's side though, too. Come Reboot. on, man. Reboot. Reboot. We'll, uh, Here, do this. Go pee tight, and I'll go back there. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk back here, Mark. We're okay. All right. All, right. All right, Mark. We'll see you in a little bit, and um, and we'll, we're going to work on getting Mark back. But one of the things that uh, that happened that was really cool, and we gave him a little bit of a shout-out, was the Barrington Rod and Reel um, annual pig roast right. and fishing derby, which we attended. And uh, oh, You went to that, too, the pig roast? Yeah. I didn't know you were there. Yeah, that was, well, it was this Saturday. I and, might have come if I knew you were going to Well, it was, it was really cool. They had a fishing contest, so I, you know, me and Jake went. All right. And, um, and Jake just absolutely crushed him. He uh, he got another uh, fishing trophy this year wow. that he's been carrying around with him. It's gonna be it's gonna be Gluzak versus Iconelli in the future. I know, man. I know. We well, got to get that head to head out here and tape that, dude. Well, see, I, I think actually Vegas Iconelli is further ahead of Jake in the bass fishing deal right now. But Jake is dialed in on catching the bluegills and the crappie and and, and the panfish. He is. He's smoking in that arena, but uh, how about it? Yeah, but it's cool, man. I mean, these, this club's been around since 1950, and uh, it's really it was really cool, you know, looking at all the old pictures uh, around the wall. It started out as like a saltwater club, and you know now they're a bass club. A lot it's of the by guys, far the coolest club, the coolest dudes around. A lot of guys we know go and there. They're all good dudes. Man. And it, it's I don't don't I remember. Do you remember joining the club? Like back when I started fishing, Brian misses his kid's birthday for these guys. Now Take I'm not allowed to give him any guy. credit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to say they're good guys. They're good guys. They're good guys. They're good guys. But uh, I remember joining a club. I remember it was an important part of my development as a as a fisherman because I didn't know anything about this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's clubs for bass fishing. You know, it was it was so cool because yeah. I was just discovering this sport. And we're meeting about it. We're talking about lake cleanups and tournaments. And, and I thought it was awesome. And these guys are still doing it. They're still strong with, like, 30 or 40 or 50 members. I don't miss any of the small club stuff. Dude. You don't miss it, man? Not even a, not even a tiny bit. Dude. Oh, I loved it. Not even for a second. Come on. I don't. All that camaraderie. 
We used to have the Bob Cobb Bassmaster show playing during all the meetings, <laughs> yeah, right? It would just cool. be on, right? We'd be watching yeah. that. We were geeking out over fishing stuff, man. I, I thought it was the best. But it's it's faded away, you know, like you. You're, you're like a lot of other guys, you know. Uh, and a lot of guys oh. have gone to – it's about winning tournaments. It's about this or that. and and um, But they lose that club atmosphere. But it was super fun being there. Uh, it was a pig roast benefit for them. They had live music, and, and uh, Jake caught 21 bluegills, sunnies, pumpkin seeds, all that. Guess how many second place? Two. Wow. Crushed them. Crushed them. Crushed them. Dave, Dave Pete, Pete sat there bailing Jake's fish while the other kids just looked on around them. <laughs> we didn't even give the kids any of his little special ham that he brought. <laughs> he had special bait. He did. I know, I know what he I know what, Yeah, I just, I just put it out there. But yeah. <laughs> Come on, don't give away the secrets, man. <laughs> We're not sponsored by the No, nah, I'm glad Pete showed up to Mike's Derby because David wasn't doing well till Pete showed up and broke out a handful of his uh, treats. Secret bait. Yeah, man. Secret bait, but it uh but but Jake's got a feel for it. As a matter of fact, he was so far out in front after about halfway through the derby, he put on his bass lures trying to catch a, a big fish, so uh, but we had a lot of fun. Those guys were awesome. I appreciate you guys having us, and wish you best of luck. That club's What's probably been going be on down out on the years. river or down on the flats, man? It's a good question, man. The uh, you know this time of year is um, man. It's it's at the end of summer. So water temperature still hovering around the mid seventies. And I was just out on the Delaware, and I lose them this time of year. Yeah, it gets rough. I mean, it's because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're in the creeks or main yeah. river to run around with them stripers. Um, so I lose them. But who I don't lose are the stripers. Uh, I had a trip out there on Thursday uh, with George out from uh, central Pennsylvania. He came down to fish the river, and we, we struggled on the largemouth a little bit. But uh, but then uh, we went striper fishing, and uh, for an hour and 45 minutes, we caught stripers out of this one rip. Straight. I mean, every wow. cast, every other cast. What are those, 18 inches? Yeah, maybe six, seven pounds are the big ones. You know, oh, okay. the, the, a lot of bigger ones. You know, getting some big ones, yeah. some little ones, but just a just a massive school of them. And it's going on all up and down the river. And it's going on on the upper Chesapeake right now, too. The stripers are up in the bay big time. And uh, I'm actually seeing advertisements for charter trips down there right now. Really? So, um, you know, it's good. It, that's doing great. And the big largemouth are wolfing yellow perch down there. Like, you know how sometimes in the summertime you can catch them and they're all skinny yeah. and thin because the water temperature is so hot, they're having a hard time eating? I mean, all summer long, their bellies, I mean, they're they're just got these big yellow perch in their bellies and the tail sticking out. Why more so now than before? You know, I think maybe there's not as many predators as there was before. And the bait, there's an abundance of bait. So the predators that are big enough to eat those big yellow perch... They got all they want. Okay. And uh, but the the weird part is it's still that time of year, and many of you guys probably experience this around the country. When um, when it gets hot, you can see the fish and can't catch them. That is the coolest and most frustrating thing in the world that happens on the bay. Yeah. Have you ever been down there yeah, when yeah. you could see them? Yeah, absolutely. It's insane, man. Yeah. You'll come up on a clump of, of eel grass. That's really the grass that most of the fish I'm catching is relating to right now is the eel grass, and you'll you'll come up on an isolated clump, and you'll throw to it, and not catch any, and uh and then pull your boat up to it to catch to cast the next clump, but you'll look down, and there's 30 bass swimming around that clump. From three to six pounds. Yeah. Just, and, and, and they're, they're not, just, they're they got right. that stupid, you know, they got their nose into the current. The submarine and, glide. Yeah. yeah. And they're just, they're going into the grass and they're coming out of the grass. And yeah. and you just got to jump one. You know what I mean? You got to get one. You got to make long casts, get away from the boat. 
And uh, but I'll be honest, last trip I was out with, with James Riley, who does a lot of work for the Lake Live Show. Yeah. And uh, he, we caught three five pounders that day. I think and, I saw the pictures of him holding them. Yeah. Was he like done up in the uh, not get skin cancer ninja suit? Yeah. He had that stuff all on. <laughs> right. I, he wears that from time nah, to time. I saw, I saw yep. a picture of him holding a bunch of big fish wearing yeah. like the ninja suit. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. He had a big one on too. He had a he had a real big one on up in the Northeast Creek and on a crankbait and really? uh, and Roll lost it, broke him off. So, uh, but but the fishing's been great. You know, the water temperature's cooling all around the country. Uh, boy, up north. Uh, you know, in New York State, the fishing is just exploding. I think about upstate New York almost every day of my life. <laughs> it's man. this I really is do. it's it's such a great time of year to go, and and so many guys are going into the woods. How, I, I can't tell you how many times I watched the elite weigh in, and somebody said, "I can't wait to go sit in a tree and kill something." <laughs> That's yeah. what everybody's doing, man. Yeah. And uh, it's my favorite time to fish. And uh, and it's my favorite time to fish too. Yeah. Uh, Until it, you blast up a creek and it's all duck guys sitting out yeah, there with the ducks. I know, it's horrible. Yeah, I've had been chased out of many, many places. It's I, I, down in Florida, I'll never forget, I was running through a swamp. And uh, their, their seasons are awkward down there. We were probably down there in January, February. And I'm going through these, they got these like gator trails going through the, the swamps. And you're running four feet of water right through the grass. And you're making blind turns. Oh, and I come through around this <laughs> blind turn. And I'm like, wow, there's ducks all through here. Uh-huh. And then as I'm going through the ducks, bonk, bonk, I realize they're not moving. And then I, and then you see the guys stand up with yep. their guns. And, yep. you know, they're hollering Especially at in me. Florida. You gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're a little different down there. Dude. I mean, there's no way to know, though. No. You, you know? I've but, done it before. I've done it. I've done it in, uh, in Little Mantua Creek. Yeah. I'm blasting through there, and I'm like, when are these damn ducks going to fly away? <laughs> you know, don't start hitting them. And then you start see, you see the little, like, you know, those like those canoes they have, like mm-hmm. those those hunting canoes with the outboards that kind of, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean, like yeah. missiles. Mm-hmm. You know, you see them against the blinds, and you feel like such an asshole. You're yeah. Like, Man, that wasn't my intention. I'm so sorry. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. we got to share the water, right? Yeah, we got to write. They got to write, you yeah. know. We get it. But, it. but the fall is my favorite time of year to fish, and... You know, the fishermen are hunting, a lot of them are hunting, so the water, the launch ramps are emptier, uh, the fish are grouping up, they're going nuts, and starting to really feed. To I have the urge to actually want to learn, I actually want to learn how to bow hunt. Do you really? I do, man. Man, I, 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 I just not into it, man. I, I don't like the finality of the hunt, you know what I mean? See, I do. I, I want that deer protein, man. I want yeah. that deer meat. I hate asking people for it. Uh, well, know? there you go. I like it when it's given to me, but I yeah. don't want to get out there and get involved with it. That's just too much for me. And my son's asking about it. Yeah. He's not asking about fishing. He's asking that's... about when he can start hunting. No, nah, that's cool. Well, so, I'd so... like to at least learn before I go out there and learn with him and shoot myself in the foot with an arrow or something. You know what I mean? Well, we got plenty of opportunities yeah. where we live, surprisingly. A lot of people don't think about Jersey as a hunting state, but, man, we got deer out the yin yang up here and and yeah. hunt, finding a piece of land to hunt is hard your count burlington county has a lot of good places to go man. but it, the the yeah the, the pro, we got tons of deer because a lot of places where they live you can't hunt you know so they're they're all over the place but but i don't know man i'm i'm putting my uh rod and reels i'm gonna keep them going till the ice comes dude i mean november is one of my favorite times to to fish around and you just got to get the got to get the clothes for it yeah but but I just came back from uh, the Tennessee tournament. I don't know if we had a chance to talk about that. Well, we didn't. Did, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it with Mike or what. Might as well do it now while, while we're filling in yeah, time until we get who? Skype fixed. Yeah, because that, that, there was a lot of controversy in that particular tournament. And, and a good friend of ours, he, you know, was was two good friends of the show were involved in this controversial thing. And um, and what happened was Otto Foe 
at Defoe won the Bass Open down on Douglas. Uh, this was the last Northern Bass Open, and the the controversy revolves around the boat that he used to win it. He used a tunnel hull. Are you familiar with that I boat? I don't know what that is. A tunnel hull is is basically kind of like a pontoon, okay, sort of, and the tunnel hull is designed to to compress water up into the up into the tunnel. Right between the two pontoons, kind of thing, and it allows the outboard to operate in a depth that's shallower yeah. than the bottom of the boat. Wow. Okay, so you can go places wow. that nobody else can go. <laughs> you know, and Clever. if you and if you got rock plates and all that yeah. other protection Michael. under there, you can get way, way back up places. And um, in this particular tournament, I, you know, makes no secret about it, man. He runs up that river. Uh, I think it's the French Broad River, and it goes for miles. But you got to run in four to six inches of water. He's hovercrafted basically he, over top of all of it. <laughs> and he is. And he's getting to the next deep pool yeah. and jacking, you know, 15 pounds of bass while the rest of us are doing all we can to just get five. Wow. And, um, but he's not alone. There's other guys up there that, um, that have them. But two of the top 12 uh, in the bass tournament, Two tunnel hull operators made the top 12. The rest were class boats. It shut off. Right? So it's not an automatic. It's not a guarantee that you're just going to go up there and win because you got one of these boats. you still got to be able to adjust conditions and deal with everything that's in front of you. And, um, you know, so he goes up, and he wins the tournament. Well, second place goes to Hunter Shyock, um, who has not had a tunnel hull. Right? He fished in out of his boat that um, – you know, was was a typical fiberglass, you know, yeah, tournament rig, right? So I guess the controversy was about fuel because Ott's boat was modified to be able to travel that distance and get back. So he had an additional fuel tank installed in that boat. He got it. He got it cleared from bass that it was okay. At least that's is my understanding of the scenario. That like two years ago, he had this design cleared so that he could get his boat modified to carry extra fuel. But then in the rules, as the rules are written, you're not allowed to do that. Ah, right. So, so there's <laughs> controversy. Should he should Ott have been able to compete out of this boat that was modified? So was the rule written after he got the okay? The the rule, the rule always there, and he got some kind of an exception to the rule. He got apparent. That's a good question. Maybe Ronnie knows the answer I'm, to that it's question. It's all gray enough. And we can ask him. It's all gray enough to say you can't take the win from the guy, but going forward, you make sure nobody has any extra tanks. You, well, and, and you know, my my deal is let's, let's step back. Those guys are competing in a part of the body of water that we're not. The rest of us can't get to. Oh. You know? That's a good point, Pete. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> should that be allowed? You know, and um, let's hey, let's continue this conversation to see if we got to go with gang signs or we've got to go with. I think uh, we have it. Uh, what we have, but I think we got the man wearing a sharp hat, Jeff Cap <laughs> from DC on the Ike Live Show. We got Mike Iconelli. How you doing, man? How you doing, everybody? Can you hear me okay? Yeah! We got you. <laughs> Brain sucks. Is that uh. what that says? <laughs> Whatever. 
shoot. Hey, we're glad we got your audio, man. You got it all worked out. But uh, yeah, we got the we got. Can you see us? I see Eric. Yeah, I, see? I switched the cameras. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just so he could see me, so I could do sign language to him while we were working on the audio. Oh, I got you. I got right. you. I got you. Because that's a new upgrade to the, the studios where the, the Skype guest is, is going to be able to see us. But, that is uh, true. Mike, can you see this? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brian telling Mike he's number one in the yeah. camera. <laughs> hey, man, well, what are you doing? What are you, we hear you're down to D.C., you're lobbying, you're... You're dealing with the NFL. What are you doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, I am in Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, this is actually a really cool opportunity that I have through Yamaha um, to come and represent sport anglers all over the country, really, which is which is really cool. Uh, you know, Pete and Mark, you guys know this. Um, there's a lot of people in this country that want to limit fishing and limit people's ability to go fishing, whether it's through access or uh, limits or restrictions. Um, and, you know, I'm here to with Yamaha this week to sit in on some of these legislative meetings and really see the process at work and, and to be a voice for sport fishermen and for our rights, you know, and a really, really cool opportunity. You know, I've, I've been to D.C. a million times. Most of the time I've been on the Potomac or the Anacostia rivers fishing. And now this week I'm on the land and I'm getting to talk about fishing and, you know, rally up support for what's really the right things to do um, with, with with some of these issues. So. I'm stoked, man. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to learn a lot tomorrow. I'm going to get a chance to talk a little bit in front of lots and lots of senators Boo. On, on both sides of the lines, right? Republicans, Democrats, um, you know, and I'm going to get to talk a little bit about, you know, me and my life and what I've done and how important it is to keep keep these these rights open for anglers, you know, so. Really, really cool opportunity, man. Uh, never done anything like this. It's gonna be gonna be pretty neat. Mike, what are you gonna be? Who are you gonna be talking to? Like a committee? A there is a committee. Yeah, there's a committee. I've got actually three big things going on tomorrow. So there's a hearing um, that's gonna be going over. You know, basically, I, I want to give you a layman's term uh, for what's happening. Up until this point, a lot of the rules and regulations. Are, are governed by this really old, old program from back in the day. Um, and I'll give you, give you the name of it. Give me one second. It's the Magnumson-Stevens Act, which is like 20 years old. And the problem with this act, and it does, it does some good things, but the problem with this act, Dave, is that it lumps sport fishermen, recreational anglers, together with commercial fishermen, right? Yeah. Typical, right? How many times at the bar have we been sitting at a bar and, you know, you're talking to somebody, oh, hey, what do you do for a living? You know, what do you like to do? What, what are your interests? Oh, I'm a fisherman. Oh, and they, they start shaking their head. They're like, yeah, 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 I know. You know, like, like uh, you know, you're out there, you're a crabber, you know? Like the deadliest catch, that's what you do, right? And you're yeah. like, come on, man, <laughs> you know? Uh, 
and it's kind of the same thing, you know. So this this old act, there's a lot of things that it's putting in place that that's for commercial anglers, which necessarily isn't the best thing for recreational anglers, right? Yeah, Calif- California is the state abu- is the state that's abusing that off the coast. I I think there are a lot of people in California that are abusing that, but. You know, hey, at the end of the day, you know, what what we're saying, and, and Yamaha is such a strong supporter of this, is they're saying you can't, you know, we got to look out for anglers' rights to access bodies of water, right? So they're looking out for, you know, closing boat ramps, making public fisheries private, um, restrictions on creels, you know, not even be able to go out and fish because they're species that are on this hit list of things you can't fish for. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there really high up in politics here in D.C. They want to get rid of sport fishing, totally. I'm just being honest. There are people that really believe that we should get rid of recreational fishing. It's freaking unbelievable to me that there's people that believe that. So, you know, I'm excited. I mean, they've got people that come in and talk about the numbers what sport fishing generates in dollars, the revenue. They, they, they've got people to talk about that. But what I want to come in and talk about, what I'm going to talk about tomorrow is the impact it has on people's lives, right? You know, growing up in Runnymede with a bunch of derelicts and help, and fishing helping us. <laughs> Stay out of know, trouble. <laughs> ha, yeah, have a path in life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to talk about that stuff. I want to talk about... You know, what if you close the Potomac River? Let's How- hope, hey, Mike, let's hope they don't do any research on you because someone might just say, hey, if you guys would have removed Brian from the equation, you'd have had no problems at all. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. I want to, I, I yeah, he should take credit for about 90% of our issues. But, um, you, you know, I mean, it's it's the right thing to do. So, man, this is this is going to be cool. I've, I've never done anything like this. It, it's it's a, a little bit intimidating. But at the same time, it's exciting, um, you know, getting to see another part of this world that we live in. And, uh, and you know, hopefully I can help a little bit with with the decisions that happen in the next year, well, you you'll, know? You'll fit right in, dude. You sit like all of them already with your legs crossed. So you'll, you'll, you'll have no problem with it. <laughs> feels good on my testes. <laughs> You're going to be part of the Illuminati now, man. You're not even going to talk to us anymore, dude. That's not true. You're By the way, the, the beer of choice tonight down here in D.C., and I got this delivered up. Let me see if I get some light on it. It is Racer 5 Indian Pale Ale. Uh, I think it's out of California. Very good. I want to give a shout-out to Racer 5. Very good beer tonight. Thank you. Yeah, you, did, you didn't You uh, did uh, have the foresight to have a beer in studio for us tonight. <laughs> oh, darn. Dave? We, we got coffee and water going around the studio. <laughs> what a shock! We got yeah, we got like four chocolates out there to split amongst six of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hey, well, good luck, good luck with that, man. I well, hey. you're you're certainly uh, the guy that can bring energy and bring life to it. Oh, yeah. uh, in 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 those meetings, and uh, I think Yamaha did a good job picking you to to talk to the folks and uh, wish you good luck. I appreciate it. It's gonna be awesome. I'm doing a little bit of social social stuff tomorrow to keep everybody in the loop and. Uh, it's a it's a neat opportunity, so it's cool to be here. Hey, Mike, it's Mark. Brian, are we doing good on time? Yeah. I sure. just I forgot <laughs> to ask you before you left. Any possible chance you might want to talk about the bracket a little bit? 
I do want to talk about the bracket. You know, the bracket for me was the last opportunity to make the classic. I'm, I, I was going to take it. Um, you know, I went there not knowing what to expect, but it was really, to be honest with you, it was, it didn't end up how I wanted it to, but it was an exciting week. I love that style of fishing. It's real similar to major league fishing and, and, you know, people love that. And there's a certain energy that comes with that fast fishing three hours, six hours, whatever it is that head to head style. There's certain things that come out in that, in that format that you can't get in a regular tournament. And, and it was really enjoyable fishing, you know, against Adrian and Ish. And, and, and I liked it a lot. I like, I like that format. Um, you know, so there's a lot of positives that happen. Brian, the carpenter, you said you watched it and you were kind of addicted to it, right? You, you loved what you were saying, you, you know, you couldn't keep what you couldn't stop watching it, right? Uh, it ruined my week. <laughs> it ruined your week. <laughs> yeah. It cost uh, me a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's really important part of, of that format. It's exciting. Um, you know, but there's some negatives to it, you know, uh, you know, uh, Mark, I'll pass it to you in a second. I know I want you to talk about the one, uh, but I, I want to mention, you know, and I'll go ahead and just say it that, you know, it's interesting. We were all there. All eight of us were there to fight for a last position for the Bassmaster Classic. That's a huge carrot out there dangling. And, you know, for me, it, I wanted to fish because of that. I wanted to try to make that classic. You know, also, you know, you kind of, I kind of know what kind of TV time I'm getting, you know, and I wanted to do that for my sponsors. In the same breath, let me let everybody know, we didn't make any money that week at all. It was a week out of our life. We had our hotel room paid for, and that was it. I didn't get a check for showing up. I didn't get my gas paid for. I didn't get a cent. And, you know, knowing what kind of revenue was generated from that event based on us, based on the eight guys, I think that's really unfair. I, I You know, it, this gets back to a larger topic of eventually the pros have to get together and unite and form an organization. Um, you know, I, I, I almost hate myself for doing it, but I don't. You know, it was, it was the right thing to do to be there and fish. But I don't think it was fair that, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we were the players without being paid. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, Mark, you've got a great point, too, which I want you to talk about, which is well, that overshadowed a lot of big things that happened the week before. It did. Uh, a couple of things I'm actually looking up because I wanted to see what the person or what the angler's name was. Let me look it up. And but I, why, why, why you're looking that up? I, I just on your point, Mike. Um, you know, the, I'm getting pounded by commercials. I, I'm addicted to the bracket. I am addicted <laughs> to it. Just like Stockler, uh, I can't stop watching it. Uh, it was fascinating watching you uh, be just going nuts at the, the high level that you were at. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't get to see that very much. And, and the difference, the contrast, like in your style versus Ish. Ish just is just always like, uh, I don't know, just calm. He has a calmness yeah. about him. It's like a yeah. relaxed intensity where yours yeah. is not a relaxed intensity. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like you know, an adrenaline atten- yeah. intensity. I, and you both I noticed, yeah, did, I noticed did that well. with Ish. Like, I, I remember, let me jump in real quick, Pete. Ish had a fish snag. On a pencil read I've, the last day, yep. and 
dude, I would have been in the water. I would have been Rick Morris on that fish. <laughs> I would have the scuba gear on down there, naked, trying to get that fish out. And he's just kind of, he's just got it hung up, and he's, you know, taking his time. He's looking. He's smiling. And I'm, I watched that, and I'm like, oh my god, how is he doing that? I couldn't do it, you know. He was so cool, he, he, except for the meltdowns, which his meltdowns, like, because he missed two fish that mm. could potentially have have earned him that yeah. classic spot, and yeah. um, and and he did, you know, have, and you expected that. But other than yeah. that, man, he was cool as could be. It was just really interesting to see the contrast in the way that everybody fishes. You got to see so much of it. But back to your point on the earnings, I mean, you get pounded, man. You, the the breaks, you get pounded with commercials. You get yeah. uh, one one of the things that I that I'd like them to figure out. But every I freeze up sometimes, and I got to reboot, and I always got to see the same commercial over. That mercury, That's pre-roll, that man. Mercury, yeah. Yeah, that gotta make that money. Motor. Well, they're making the money. It, it, it appears as though they're making the money. So you know, should you guys be getting some some of that for your performance that week? But it was an exceptional uh, event to watch. I I couldn't keep my eyes off it. It was fun, Mike. Here I'm going to talk about what we talked about last night. I'm looking at the Angler of the Year standings right here, and I look at uh, 15th was Gerald Swindle, 17th was Bobby Lang. Okay, now I want you to think back. How many times did Bobby Lang appear? on any type of live coverage or anything like that throughout the year. Can you th- can you I, I don't uh, recall a recent one. None. Okay. All right. Very uh, maybe one or two, mm-hmm. but I don't even think that. I don't think he had a uh because you have to finish typically what is it? Four or five guys that they're putting the live stuff on. So, he had a pretty damn good year. Bobby Lane did 17th in the Angler of the Year standings. Good year. Yeah. Very good year. Got zero, zero exposure. exposure. But here you have eight guys who had plenty of opportunities mm-hmm. to be successful and get yeah. that exposure. Now you are rewarding the fact that they were not su- successful in the task at hand. Yeah. In other words, they had plenty of opportunities. Not to take anything away from what they're done from what they've they've done throughout the season, but yeah. you're rewarding them for the lack of ability to be classic worthy and giving them yeah. one final opportunity, but the guy who busted his tail gets zero exposure at all. Yeah. That is truly amazing because the the guys in that bracket got hours. Oh. You got hour and hour of exposure for their yeah. sponsors, uh, yeah. for their brand. Um, it yeah. really it's did it's going to do great things for Adrian, even though he lost you. He looked amazing and had a tremendous comeback. It, it's going to do great things for them, but you're right. The guys that 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 because, finished at the top of the best of the best, uh, yeah, like but, Bobby Lane, sit without any exposure. Because second chances sell. We all like to see people fight from the bottom. Well, it was a carrot. The top. Everybody was compelled the about NFL, the carrot. The NFL does it too. Teams with a nine and six record, who are in a great division, don't make a wild card when eight and eight teams do in crappy divisions. So I mean, mm-hmm. it happens in the NFL, right? That's true. It, cer- it certainly was that carrot that, that kept everybody tuned in. Let that. me rebut that real quick. You don't have teams that finish 4 and 12 get an opportunity to make the playoffs, even 6 and 8 or whatever it is, 6 right. and 10. I mean, these guys were way down in the standings, Take it easy. David. 
Take but if easy. you look at the names of the people that were there. <laughs> Take it easy. But, I, but I it's argue. not based upon the names. It's based upon your performance. Here's something else, and, and Mike and I talked about this last night. They had at least 35 opportunities, 35 opportunities in the Elite Series to make the Classic. Pretty much you finish in the top 35 of the Elite Series, you're going to make the Classic. Then there's a number of guys that fish the Opens. All right, the win in your end goes away now. You got another opportunity. Then if you wanted to, what could you do? You, you could fish the team thing if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. There's another way. The Bass Fest guy, the winner of Bass Fest, gets in. And now you have the bracket. There are a ton of opportunities, but yet the guy that went out, and I'm actually trying to look up Bobby Lane's stats right now, the guy went out and finished 17th in the Angler of the Year standing, pretty much had no exposure so what, whatsoever. So what was Bass supposed to do then? I'll tell you. See, and the one thing that I do is when I see something that – potentially could be better i always try to give a suggestion my suggestion was reward the guys because we all want the compelling factor the way that these guys were competing against each other right pete that's what you loved all right the classic thing is out there why not have eight all right eight guys that won during the season you have eight specific events that if you win these eight events you're going to be in the bracket challenge because there are some guys, too, that don't get a classic berth that win. Tim Horton's a great example of that. Okay? Yeah. Now you're rewarding the guys by having an eight-angler tournament of champions at the end that when you go back and you look at the winners throughout the season, I'm sure the fans would be very compelled at seeing the battles that go on with guys that have blue trophies during the season. See, I'd like to see a whole bracket thing happen in the championship. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like the way, I mean, for you it's college, for me it's wrestling. Like just have like a big bracket and guys go against each other for a couple hours. And you yeah. Just doom, 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 I, doom, I doom, think. All the way to the end, I, dude. I, I'm with you. I, I, I just think that, that Bass has got it dialed in at doing it right from a fan perspective and from the whole format perspective of giving the fans what they want to see. I think the complexity of guys that, I'm being blunt here, Mike, guys that didn't perform and get it done, gotten it done during the season, are being rewarded for their lack of success during the year. There's got to be a way to get those guys in there. And there is a little more to that, too. And the other side to that is the timing of it. You know, I really think they should have waited a week or two to have this event. You know, uh, we had an AOY crowned uh, AOI champion crowned the week before in Brandon Polnick and a lot of it was taken away from him I, I feel like a lot of the momentum and exposure and, and energy was taken away or was removed and and shifted to our event you know so I, I feel bad a little bit for Brandon and, and the fact that you know there just wasn't as much continual momentum after his win, I think I think as there should have been, you know. I would I agree. With, That's a great agree. point. You know, and a lot of a lot of media groups are doing the same thing. They're featuring the winners of the bracket, and not the angler of the year, like the Ike Live Show. Yeah. Is doing right. tonight. Right. Yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we fall into the same trap because that, that was such an amazing thing for everybody to watch. But I, you know, I think that carrot the bracket is what makes that successful yeah right it's that you could see the pressure on you guys and you to get that having um a showcase tournament like a tournament of champions 
or something else. Uh, it doesn't have that that pressure. It doesn't have the carrot, and and that that is what made that so successful. I think from a viewer's yeah. perspective. Well, there, there's I, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you know breaking away from a traditional bass fishing tournament. You know, uh, MLF style event, bass style, bass bracket style event. Create something new. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, everything doesn't have to be cut and dry in the sport. It's okay to try stuff. And I think, you know, the way people are viewing the sport, the way people follow the sport is changing. And you have to change with that, right? You know, we, we even on Like Live, technology has let us produce this show. You know, Mark, you talked about you were one of the early guys to figure it out and, and you passed it on to us and let and you know give us the ability to do like live and everybody but, else you know, now ten, yeah 10 years ago that that, te- that that wasn't there for for us to be able to do a show like this it's the same thing in tournament fishing you know they need to stay on top of the curve um i i don't i don't disagree with smaller format tournaments 12 guys 24 guys 50 guys i think it's better i think it's better for the fans to follow you know well, I, I certainly could. I, I couldn't agree more. I, after watching this, I'm a fan. I, I'm, I was thinking about a concept of, all right, well, the top 12 now go into a bracket-style format uh, yeah. in any given tournament, right? You qualify for that, and then you got to battle head-to-head. That would be cool. You know, uh, for the championship. Uh, yeah, 12 doesn't work, though. <laughs> the number uh, doesn't work. Yeah, It'd right? have to be 16. Unless you had buys. 16 Unless number one or two got first-round buys. Maybe. That's yeah. the only way it works. Eight would be a good number. Yeah. Think about how much coverage you could get with eight guys. Yep. So, but then, okay. Well, to give Brandon, to give Polinick some love, uh, that was an amazing angler of the year uh, deal. He did, uh, you know, just made it with a, over a 100-place finish on Lake Okeechobee. First guy ever. First guy ever to do that. And, you know, he's the first guy ever to stop fishing and turn his GoPro on and win Angler of the Year. Hey, I, listen could to you, I could not believe that. I know. Listen to this. This is pretty cool. The The event that he finished, like, 104th or 112th or what I don't know what it was, was the only event he did not have, did not have his camera crew there. Is that right? That's the only event all year long that he didn't film. But he didn't have that interaction with this camera guy. I, I was watching him. He'd be fighting a, a smallie, Mike, and you probably seen his footage, and he would stop, clip his camera on, turn it on, in the middle of a fight, yeah. in the middle of the Angler of the Year race. That's crazy. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I watch him do it That's over and bizarre. over again. That's bizarre. <laughs> wow. And, and, and he still uh, he still pulled off the Angler of the Year race. And, and hey, congrats, Brandon Polinick. Uh, amazing job. Yeah. Congrats, Brandon. Uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you at Bash U this year, and uh, and uh, of course, you know, Bash University TV. We've we've got a lot of Brandon, uh, in particular, with his power triangle uh, approach to fishing, and um, you want to check that out at Bash University TV. But yes, that was pretty awesome. Yes, well, yes, yes. Woo! So, <laughs> I haven't released one of those. In this show. <laughs> Woo! Oh, we got Eric. We got any questions coming through? A lot of questions about the bracket. Obviously, that's what people want to know about. Um, a yeah. lot of questions about you fishing against your friend-ish. Yeah. yeah. People want to know, was that harder for you going into this day to fish against your friend? Someone no. was claiming that um, you weren't ready to go Ike at any moment and you were being too nice, which I disagree with because I was watching. No, yeah, no, that's not true. You know, two, two parts to it. The one is, 
a competition's competition. I'm I was there to try to make the classic. The name in that capacity almost becomes a relative. Didn't matter who who it was. I'm out there to do my job and try to make the best decisions I can make during the course of a day. Um, but fishing against Ish made it easier to swallow when I lost. You know what I mean? I actually honestly felt happy for Ish that he won uh, that round and, and had a chance to go on to the Classic. I can tell you, as soon as I know it, I didn't advance. You know, I took the camera guy and my official back to the dock, and I'm, I'm, I booted him. I'm like, you guys got to go. They're like, well, what's the matter? What's the matter? I'm like, I got to get through Chicago tonight. It was like a 10-hour drive to get through Chicago so I didn't get stuck in traffic because I have to go to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania to Hershey Park and see my my girl turn five years old, right? So I'm like rushing out of there. But the whole next day I watched, you know, had it on, probably shouldn't have been watching, but I had it on while I was driving. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm rooting for Ish. You know, I'm, I'm out there rooting for Ish. I want Ish to advance and to make that classic spot. So, you know, it was easier to stomach the loss against Ish than it had if, if it was Jacob or Adrian or Kelly J or the other especially, guy, especially Lefebvre, I would have, I would have <laughs> been tougher to, 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 to swallow that. But, you know, man, I, I worked hard. You could always look back and, you know, you know, say I should have did this. I should have did that, you know, and I, I can, can see a couple of those moments where maybe I should have did something different, but I worked hard. And, you know, when, when Ish caught a, caught, I said it, hours before ish caught that big one i said one of us is going to catch a big fish and that's going to be the difference maker and ish got that five pound bite it was meant to be for him you know um you know in fact we talked right after official practice and he said mike i found this little sandbar drop and i only got a couple bites but one of them was a five pounder he went back and caught that same fish i'm 99 percent sure he thinks it was the same fish and Mm -hmm. i do too and, you know, when, when shit like that happens, it's meant to be. He was meant to advance on, and, you know, I, I wanted to see Ish win. I, congrats to Jacob Prosnick, you know, but, you know, Ish is, Ish is a buddy. I wanted to see him go on and win. But the same thing, let me go back. I'll, I'll leave the cursing out this time. Good. Don't feel bad for Ish. Do you guys feel bad for Ish? If you do, <laughs> you're stupid because you know what Ish did. He went back to California with his hot young blonde girlfriend who's like 20, <laughs> <laughs> and he hopped in his black Ferrari, drove down to the marina, got in his black Ford F-250 with his 38-foot boat with triple 250s on the back. And he's going to spend four weeks saltwater fishing. Do you feel bad fish? I sure don't. <laughs> Not me. We got another good one. So now that it's the off-season, what are your plans? I know you got going, like, obviously, that you're going to start filming again. Do you have any big plans to do any other types of fishing, stuff besides fishing? Yeah, off off season is a lot of this work right here. It's uh, sponsors come calling. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta start paying your days this time of the year. I have the Toyota Owners Tournament coming up in two weeks, uh, in the middle of October. It's on Table Rock Lake. Any Toyota owners watching right now, it's a free tournament. Go down there, sign up. It's the Bonus Bucks program. Um, the week after that, I have another major league fishing event. And um, I've got no information on it. They they literally will tell us like the couple days before the event where we're going. So I'm going to fish my second major league fishing a week after that. And then you hit it right on the head, E. A lot of filming, a lot of filming for Going Ike. Uh, I'm, let me go ahead and announce this and make it official. We will be doing 
an Ike live going Ike episode this year. So Pete, Fatty, Brodzik, uh, uh, be ready. It's going to be really fun. We're going to have we're going to shoot that film in early December. It's going to be a really cool show. Um, you know, and and Bash University, of course, we're, we're Pete and I are always wrapped up in that. We're planning a new season of events, and we're working hard for our, our subscription services and our online stuff. But let me end it with this, and I'll give you a little bit of a teaser here. Um, there is a big, big, giant, life-changing thing that has happened for me in my career. And I'm not ready to make the announcement yet, but I will give you guys a little tease and tell you that something happened in the last month or so that is going to change change my life and change change my career to an extent. And uh, I'm excited about it. It's it's kept a smile on my face uh, since I found out, and uh, it's a dream come true for me. And and it's really going to be an amazing thing. And um, work for that will start in 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 early January. And uh, it doesn't involve a surgery, does it? <laughs> Gender reassignment. <laughs> it doesn't involve a surgery. Although I was thinking about getting breast implants. What was that one Hangover movie that. where the where the guy woke up with the breast implants? That was so creepy. I liked it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. I feel you, bro. Uh, but well, but exciting. Really, but, yeah, big big announcement coming up hopefully in the next next couple of weeks to a month. I'll, I'll let everybody know what's going on. Outstanding. Well, do you, do you have to run, Mike? You said twenty minutes. Are we tied up? Are you still with us? Um, no, I'm good. I'm good for about another. Uh, I'm good for about another ten minutes, maybe five minutes, five. six minutes. Awesome. Got another Eric? question, Eric? Yeah. Or? On the feedback. Any new products coming out this year you want to talk about? Any new Ike series products you want to plug? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Ike series stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of you saw the uh, social post that I made. We've got the Ike series rods that we're relaunching uh, in 2018. It's the Ike series 2.0. Um, def- five new actions and better rods. We've redesigned them from the ground up. Uh, same great paint scheme if you know that flip-flop paint. But here's the exciting news. I'm getting to add Ike Series Abu Garcia reels to the mix in 2018. Um, spinning reels and casting reels. Two spinning reels, size 20 and 30. Uh, casting reel, right and left-hand retrieve in two different gear ratios. A fast retrieve uh, reel and a more slower, more powerful, lower gear ratio casting reel. And all that stuff is going to be launched at the Bassmaster Classic in February. So real excited about some of the Ike Series Abu Garcia stuff coming out. I'm looking forward to my uh, free samples. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Good stuff. Mike, you going to join any protests while you're down there? Didn't Say that again. Are you going to join any protests while you're down there? I think I'm going to stay out of the protests. I think I'm going to concentrate on uh, fighting for fishermen's rights and leave the other protesters to do what they do. Man. I'm with you, bro, because we got none up here in Jersey, man. Half the water up here is private. I hate it. Ramp fees getting up to 50 bucks. What? Yeah. Really? Dude, it's, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. it's crazy. Private lakes with smallmouth stocked in there that shouldn't be in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell Pete about that, Mike? Did you tell Pete that? Uh, no. Pete, oh. I'll talk to you later about that. <laughs> a private stocking program? Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, we're running a half hour behind schedule, and I got Ronnie Moore a half hour behind schedule. 
All right, cool. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let everybody go. Dude, you guys are doing a great job. Wish I was there in studio. Uh, hope everybody has a great night. Shout out to Rodney Moore. Uh, shout out to Jake Prosnick. And you might hear from some special guests later, Bry. You might I heard ha- Kim might Jong Un. Kim Jong Un might be making a call in. <laughs> Could happen. Here he's quite the angler. A, Rocket Man. Hey, what about an elk? I heard an elk might be calling in. You never know. Okay. Right, very That's exciting. All right, man. Very exciting. All Good right, night, thanks, Good luck tomorrow. We we'll look forward to hearing Appreciate about it. it. We'll see you, Mike. Out of here. I wonder if he's <laughs> going to be. I wonder if Mike's going to be on C-SPAN. I wonder if that, uh, that meeting will be on C-SPAN or not. I don't know. We didn't ask him that. We yeah. should have asked him if I, we I could just view this. Was hanging up, I thought about it. Have yeah. you ever been, Pete? I mean, not just to Washington D.C., but the whole capital tour and see all that stuff. I, when, I used to live there. So I've really? been, when I was a kid, we used to always go, but boy, that it's been a long time since yeah. I've seen any of that stuff. So you, you know? watch House of House of Cards? Yeah, I, I watched all the yeah. episodes, except for yeah. the last season, which they just launched, which I, right. I they lost me. Did you like it? The la- I lo- the first four seasons, I, w- I was like, I just consumed it, binge watched it. You know what we're talking about, Dave? I don't watch House of Cards. I know uh, it's a political yeah. show. Yeah. Right? yeah, I just wonder how realistic that is. There's probably right? a little bit that is realistic, yeah. but uh, it, quite I think, they over, I think it's awesome. The murder is probably, you know, <laughs> that, that's probably oversteps it, but uh, it's a pretty aggressive political deal, man. With, uh, it, it's a great little show, but yeah. I, I don't think Mike's going to get involved with too much of that down there. But I tell you, uh, back to Brandon, he said something that I'm trying to You're, remember. You all right? Uh, from, I'm looking for my notes. I got, I'm going to get them in a second. Oh, he, right here. He used to wrestle, it, um, and he had... Uh, he, he had a quote. Did you his his during his interview? He said uh, about his competition. He's referring to. He's like he's like I gotta respect him. He, I gotta or he says I respect him. I love him, but I still want to kick their teeth in. <laughs> and that that's his big quote about how he won Angler of the Year. His mental state about going out there and competing against his friends. Well, you know he was state champion, right? I did not know that. State wrestling champion two years in a row. Two years in a row. Yes, back-to-back. And we asked him, dude, what would it take for you to come out on the classic stage in a singlet? Why not? Supplemated singlet? We talked about that. I I wore a singlet. I know. (laughs) I mean, how much buzz would that create? Here it is, the classic champion coming out. He said that would be disgusting. Right? Yeah. Nowhere near the way I was when I was in high head, school. Yeah, your headgear customized with, yeah. with, with, with your little that, That'd be funny. There. From yeah. from the one-piece jumpsuit to the singlet. Yeah, right. That'd Heck call, yeah. That calls quite a st- quite a storm. <laughs> but um, but I, you know, he's he talks about his competition there and it, something else. Um, and I, I don't know if we're ready for Skype and Ronnie, and I'll let Brian tell me when we're ready. But the um, you know, talking about the Jacob Wheeler situation. Um, and the rookie of the year race and how that rookie of the year race race was impacted <laughs> is is pretty amazing to me because um, was there anything technically wrong? No, technically it's it's well within the rules. Yeah. But here's what happened for those of you that didn't see or didn't watch it. But Jamie Hartman, who's been on the show and uh, is having his rookie season, is dominating the rookie of the year race. Uh, just had a crummy tournament at Mille Lacs, and, and just everything went wrong. Had uh, mechanical failure on top of just oh. not getting t- together for the patterns. I don't know the whole story, but he did poorly and finished at the bottom of the field. And the eventual winner who won by one point, correct, Dustin Cannell, uh, was helped by Jacob Wheeler in that tournament. And Jacob called him in and... 
he was able to catch limits of fish off of the spots that I guess Jacob uh, had found man, to practice. Rough. And now he wins the rookie of the year race, and uh, and Jamie, uh, well, of course, he finished in second place. And it just, you know, it's it's this has happened over and over. I mean, we've seen it happen with guys where where guys get help from within the tournament field, and it's well within the rules. Mm-hmm. But I just question whether or not you should be able to receive help during the during the heat of the battle like that. I just don't. I, I just don't think it's fair. They need to change that. Do they make a rule where you can't even talk to your? I don't know how you police that though. Yeah, yeah. But, but at least if it's there, it's there. It's un. It's yeah. unfair. Symbolic. It's unfair. You're right. I mean, there's a lot of rules we don't know how to police, but man, to be able to just get. I think once that tournament starts, information is over. Once it works, I don't care from in the tournament or outside the tournament. Once that tournament says go, I, I agree. I think, man. It, I think I, information's no go. As, as a fan viewing the sport, I don't want to see that. No offense, it's classy, it's whatever. You know, Dustin helped J- Jacob early in the season right. in Cherokee, and, 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 and he was paying him back. He was paying him back. That's cool. And it was bold, too, because. Jacob, Jacob was in the contest for Angler of the Year and let him come in and catch those fish. Good karma. So he he really sacrificed yeah. in that uh, I mean, scenario. I mean, and they didn't do anything wrong. Nope. But as a fan, I, I, I'd i rather see the guys on their own 100%. That's why I love what MLF does, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what made the bracket challenge so intriguing. But guys tour with each other, guys stay with each other. You can't, you know what I mean? Do you think that the average fan knows that that situation took place, though, Brian? Yeah, they they played the clip on Facebook, uh, Bass, uh, put the clip up on Facebook. Do you think everybody said, "Oh, how classy of a move"? I'm like, yeah, yeah unless you're Jamie Hartman, <laughs> and you lost by a point. So, do you think the feedback has been positive or negative? Positive from a fan perspective. Well, it's from been what? positive because they've not told Jamie's side of the story. Right. Well, from what I saw, overwhelmingly positive because it, it was it was a real feel-good kind of a, a clip that got put up, which is cool. I just, you know, again, as a fan, I, I want to see the guys go out and do it on their own, 100%. That's what I want to say. That's never going to happen, though. Well, they're moving closer to it. They're making plays. They're making know. all rules. Like, they got a, they got a one-year no-information rule. I love it. It's That's progress. It's you progress. Know, Gerald Swindle is great progress. when he came across the stage. Oh, we got to talk with people with hand signals. And, you know, <laughs> he, he's like, I don't know how to talk to any of my friends anymore. I, I can't talk about anything. You know? And that, I, you think about that. It's, like It's weird. Hey, yeah. it's weird. guys, think about this. Every single sport has it. doesn't matter. Individual, team sport. Once the rules are set. There is a combined effort to do everything you can to get an edge based upon how the rules are stated. Absolutely. That's part of it. Agreed. Hey, we're so far behind. Let's just call Ronnie now. Screw the break. You guys in? We're not going to take a break. I, you know, yeah. I'm, you need I'm a fine. Break? I'm fine. I might, if I have to take a bathroom break, Mark can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. I've spent my entire life looking at a rule and figuring out how to not abide by it yeah but still abide by by my own definition yeah. you know that, and, I, and I, I get that right we got to push the boundaries and, and i get it you know i get it i just think i'd like the rule to be changed i don't think guys should be able to help because not everybody has a buddy that can get on world-class fish at the drop of a dime you do you know? remember what happened at the bracket last year not this year but last year no. with the whole situation we'll we'll ask jacob about that 
I remember now yeah. what you're talking about, where yeah. Jacob laid his rods down yeah. to help a friend uh, go past him and make it, make it to the next level. Did nothing wrong? Yeah, did nothing wrong. And, it, and nobody did anything wrong in no. this case. I'm not penalizing any of the guys. I'm just saying for future rule changes, I think it's something they should consider.